Good morning. It's been so good to focus our attention on the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and his goodness and his grace. I hope you are filled with the hope that he is carrying you through whatever your situation might be at this time. I have a question for you this morning. Are you ready? Is living forever in God's presence so real in your mind, so real in your soul this morning, that it's influencing you how you live every day? Is God's, the future you have in heaven with God, so impactful in your life that it changes, it affects, it impacts how you live every day. <laughs> how you go to work, ugh. How you go to school, ugh. <laughs> I never liked going to school. I liked recess, I liked gym. Jesus talks a lot about money, a whole bunch about money. If you've read ahead in Luke, you're gonna see, he talks about it again and again as he's going to the cross. A few weeks ago, Elder David Mingle talked a little bit, a short two-week series about giving and, and the importance of heart being involved in our giving to God. How we manage our material goods, where our heart is about our possessions, tells us a lot how much we love God, how much we love heaven, how much we love other people more than ourselves, how we invest our money right now, the resources that God has given us, what he's called us to do and to be, it reveals if we really believe God is truly there and that heaven is real. In chapter 15, last week, Jesus was especially, specifically talking to the Pharisees because um, he knew their hearts, and they didn't know God's heart. So he pointed at them specifically because they were grumbling about him hanging out with sinners. And he said, he spoke three parables to confront their, their really hatred of people and their hatred of God because they did not know God's deep love for lost people, for sinners like us. God searches, and those parables told us how God searches for those who have turned away from him. He goes out looking for them. God celebrates and welcomes them back when they turn to him and repent and say, I was wrong, I've sinned against heaven and against people. He, he welcomes them back. God takes the initiative. Did you notice when Jackie was reading in, in Luke uh, let me get there myself in Luke 16. What does it say? He also said to his disciples, it's kind of interesting, he's been talking to the crowds about the cost of following Jesus. He's been talking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, about how hard their hearts were. And now he turns to, their his, to his disciples. Other people were there, I'm sure, listening. And he talks about wise life investing. The subject is about wise life investing in the kingdom of God. There's a common thread in chapter 16. It's money. Look at verse 1. 
He tell, Jesus begins to tell a parable. There was a rich man. Okay, he's talking about money. Look at verse 14. The Pharisees, who were what? Lovers of money. <laughs> verse 19, another story. There was a rich man. He's talking about how we handle our money. Jesus wanted his disciples to make sure that their hearts were in step with him and with heaven's values so that they were investing in their future. Wise life management. This is Jesus' counsel to us, to his disciples, to those listening to him, to invest well now so you secure your future in heaven. So let's look at Luke 16. Just real quick, the passage, this chapter is broken basically into three parts. Verses 1 through 13 talks about a parable which is looking far forward about eternity. He wants us to manage our life well now, thinking about eternity. In verses 14 through 18, he confronts the Pharisees again with their, their, their money lovers. He confronts them head on. He knows their hearts. We need to examine our hearts. We're not going to get to it today, but verses 19 through 31, again, is a story about a rich man who did not practice wise life investing in this world, and he lost. So what's the key idea today? Who is my master? Who do I love? Have we counted the cost of following Jesus. That was chapter 14. What's your decision? Do you to love and follow Jesus? Chapter 15, is God's joy my joy? God loves, he seeks sinners out. He loves to welcome them back to himself and his kingdom. Jesus came seeking sinners so that he could save them. And now in chapter 16, he turns to his disciples and he's asking us, am I truly your first love? Be wise. Invest in the kingdom of God. Let's look at those first nine verses again of, of Luke chapter 16. He also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and, charge, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him in and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you are no longer, you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do. Summoning his master's debtors, verse 5. One by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. And the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. We'll stop reading there. This is a difficult parable to interpret at first glance. Jesus, by the way, is not promoting dishonesty. So don't take that away from this parable. <laughs> He's not promoting dishonesty. What is he promoting? He's telling us this parable to teach us 
to look forward, far forward into the future and make good plans for eternity. That's why he told this parable. That's what he wanted his followers, his disciples to understand and to get and work into their lives, to plan ahead for eternity, to think far ahead beyond this world for the next. Here's a likely explanation. Maybe you already figured it out, or maybe you have a good study Bible. <laughs> the dishonest manager was caught charging extra. He was scraping off the top. That's what he was doing. He got caught. He got fired. <laughs> he was losing his home. He was losing his livelihood. So he wisely started lowering the amounts of those who owed his master money, probably the expected amount, so that his master wasn't going to lose money. His cre the creditors were getting a break, a discount, at least they thought, and everyone was happy, <laughs> so to speak. By doing this, he was shrewdly thinking about his future. What's Jesus' point? Use your life, use your possessions to invest in God's eternal kingdom. Don't be like so many in this world who only invest in this world, and they do an amazing job. I've never been on a cruise. I don't know if I ever want to go on a cruise. But sometimes I think it would be a nice thing to do. But if I never get to go on a cruise, it's okay. Why? Because eternity is more important. That's going to be the cruise <laughs> of a lifetime. And it's never going to end. Believer, be wise. Use your money to make friends because your money might let you down. So use your money to make friends here, but especially in eternity that will welcome you because of what you did for them. Be wise and learn from the shrewd minister. He got caught being dishonest and he made adjustments. So Jesus is telling his disciples, think about the future and make adjustments in your life now so you secure your home in heaven. Invest well. You're losing one home here maybe, but you're gaining one for all eternity. Be wise. Don't be dishonest, that's not what he's saying, but be wise children of light. Don't depend on worldly riches, they're going to fail you in eternity, but trust God, believe in him, invest in God, believe on the Christ, and you'll secure your eternal future. Daryl Block says this, I love his quote, people in the world give more thought to their physical well-being than the righteous do to their spiritual well-being. Don't be a foolish follower of Christ. Invest well in eternity. Which is most important, physical or spiritual well-being? Well, they're both important, but don't forget the spiritual, which is our tendency. Adjust your thinking to Jesus' wise counsel. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 16, 
So we do not lose heart, though our, our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they're temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Did you think about heaven and God and glory this week? I thought about a lot of things, but I probably didn't think about Jesus and glory enough. I got sidetracked with politics and world situations, and they're bad. We need to pay attention, but don't miss eternity for those things. Think about the unseen. By the way, no one buys their way into heaven. Without faith, the Hebrew writer says, it's impossible to please God. You have to believe in God and Christ. That's the first step to salvation. But what do you believe about God and Christ and heaven? How you live your life, how you invest your wealth and your possessions and use your time and your whole being, how you treat other people shows what you really believe about God and Jesus and his word. Hey, peek ahead in Luke chapter 15. We're going to look at it more deeply next week. But there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And what was his end? He was not managing his life well. We'll look more into that next week. Wisdom says, adjust your thinking, adjust your beliefs, and you're living, so you're investing in eternity. So be wise. Invest in God's kingdom. God honors those who trust him, who believe his word, and invest in eternity. Second key point here, be wise. Be trustworthy and loyal. Look at verse 10. Being trustworthy, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If you then have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will trust you to true riches? If you can't handle the world's wealth well to, for the future, is God going to trust you with eternal wealth? If you've not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you what, that, that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus is really concerned with our character. Am I trustworthy with a little? Are, are you rich? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't consider myself rich, but compared to most people, billions of people in the world, I am filthy rich. I've never gone hungry in my whole life. I'm rich. 
I've never not had a loving family taking care of me. I'm rich. Our freezer broke down. Our little chest freezer broke down last week. Guess what we did? We ordered it online and it was delivered a few days later. I'm rich. I have more money now than I've ever had. And money can be a problem, so be careful. Be devoted to Christ. Love him more. Are we devoted to the right master or just to our comfort? Are we devoted to the right master? Think carefully about that before you just answer, yes, I'm devoted to Jesus. Everybody has a master. It's either God and Jesus themselves. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's something else. Be honest. Who is your master? Because you can truly only love and serve one master. Eleven of the twelve disciples truly loved Jesus. The other one faked everyone out for three years. He did not invest wisely in eternity. Do you know his name? It's Judas. I wonder if Jesus was looking at Judas when he spoke these words to his disciples. And why would he speak to him and look him in the eye? Because he was hoping to turn his heart and his mind to the truth about eternity and loving heaven and God more than, than wealth. Eleven of the twelve loved Jesus. They failed many times, but in the end they persevered with Christ. They died for Jesus. They gave up much for the kingdom of God, and their lives revealed what they truly believed about Jesus and God's word and eternity. They were Jesus' sheep, and they heard his voice, and they followed, and Jesus never loses one of his sheep. Have you ever been in an unsure, unstable relationship that's supposed to be a loving relationship? Whew. Those kind of relationships, if they're unstable, are so devastating. Family is supposed to be the place where we're loved unconditionally. Family is the place where our behaviors are either affirmed, good job, or corrected. <laughs> so that we become holy, honest, good people, pleasing God and Christ. Loyal honesty in relationships benefits everybody. And when there's a lack of uh, consistent love and loyalty in relationships between wives and husbands or parents and children or even a sports team or a church family, then things just break apart and there's disruptions and there's unhealthy thinking and there's doubts, there's confusions and we're robbed of initiative and commitment to God's will and to one another and just it becomes messy. Why do I bring that up? Because God's not like us. He's a good master. He's a loyal master. He's a trustworthy master. His kingdom's worth sacrificing for. His commands don't rob me of life. His commands actually give me life. So why do we doubt it? 
What other master do you want? Are you so wise <laughs> that you think you're a better master than Jesus is? Or God? You want to follow Satan? Love the world? I mean, he's a liar. He's a murderer. He doesn't care about you. He only wants himself to be raised up. Why do we doubt God's loving concern for our well-being so often? Like God's loving faithfulness. We sang about it today. His long-suffering with our disobedience and our disloyalty and our foolishness. He's so ready to welcome us back. Let that truth raise up our level of wanting to serve him and no other. So are you managing life wisely? Are you looking forward to glory, to the next world? Are you investing in it in any way? Are you growing in that? Are you growing in your loyalty to Jesus Christ? Those are tough questions. But, but Jesus is looking at his disciples specifically. There's other people listening here, but he turns to his disciples and he said to his disciples, I want you to get this. Invest in the future and be loyal. You can only serve me. You can't have mixed masters. It won't work. We've tried it. It doesn't work. Oh, by the way, all good gifts come from God. So it's not wrong to enjoy life's blessings. It's not wrong to enjoy good work and the wealth that it brings, the blessings. <laughs> Celebrate it, but invest in eternity with it. Don't let the temporary stuff eclipse the beauty and the better glory of eternity. Third, be wise, love what God loves. We're going to look more at it again next week, but look at verses 14 and 15. The Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. We ought to all just kind of gulp right now. God knows what you truly love. No matter what you say, no matter what you do in public, God knows your heart. He knows what you truly love. Outwardly, the Pharisees look like they love God so much. All the religious rituals they did, they tithe. They even tithe in their herbs and spices. Talk about going the extra mile, right? They must love God. They observed the Sabbath. They practiced all the feasts. They washed their hands and did all the sacrifices ceremonially to keep clean. They prayed and they fasted. They did all this stuff. 
but they didn't love God. Remember the older son in chapter 15? We just looked at it last week. He didn't really love his father. God's commentary in verse 14, the Greek word there just means they were covetous. They were fond. They loved money. That's what God saw. That's what jumped out at God. When he looked at those people, Jesus said he looked at them and he said, you are money lovers. You pretend to love me. You pretend to love God. They were grumbling against Jesus for seeking sinners. They were sneering here at Jesus because he was pointing out their sin. They ignored John the Baptist's testimony. They ignored Jesus' miracles and meetings, and they said, but they said they loved God, and Jesus just told the truth. All the religious pomp was an empty show. And Jesus knows the truth about me and you. God knows what you truly love. Do you know what you truly love? What do you love the most? The Pharisees were in a very dangerous place. Their hearts were far from God, and they were blind to it, and they were too proud to change course. Am I in a dangerous spiritual place? Just because I preach on Sunday mornings doesn't mean I love God more than anything else. I'm going to show my age. You already. There was this old TV show, Lost in Space. Ah, yeah, it was in the 60s. Remember the robot? <laughs> danger, danger, however he said it. Wave his arms. Will Robinson, danger, danger. It's like a pulled fire alarm when all those annoying buzzers and the lights flash and danger. Well, that's what Jesus is pointing out here to his disciples. And in love, he's pointing it out to the Pharisees as well, his, his opposers, the ones that don't like him, his enemies. He's pointing out, you're in danger. He's graciously warning them to turn to change, to invest in the future. Because if they refuse his mercy, they're going to lose their souls forever. Cold, proud hearts that grow indifferent to the Lord Jesus and leads them to suffering for all eternity. That's the story that's coming next in the chapter. So he's warning his disciples, God, the Father, Son, and Spirit wants you and me to avoid making the mistake that the Pharisees were making about loving God, um, the world and money more than God. He wants us to get it. That's why the Spirit of God had Luke record this. He wants us to get it. Be a wise disciple. In 1 John chapter, chapter 2, Here's what John says in verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. 
This world will soon dissolve like snow. But those who love God will live forever. Be a wise disciple. Count the cost of following Jesus and make a decision. Love what God loves. That's the challenge, to go seeking the lost. Examine your heart and know what you truly love. And then make adjustments. Seek after God and his heart, your walk, your loves. Follow Christ. Secure your eternal future through Christ. Become a disciple. Become a follower. Here's what John wrote in 1 John 5, verse 10. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gives us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. See, Jesus warns us not to condemn us, but to move us to belief so we have eternal life in his kingdom. We close today with this prayer. It's David's prayer from Psalm 139. Make it our prayer of surrender. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out ev anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Make that your prayer today and secure eternal life through Christ. Let's pray. Father and God, we ask you to move in our hearts so we believe your word. Lord, you are a good shepherd. You came to purchase our salvation. Let us not doubt it. Lord, our love for you can be weak. Open our eyes to see where we have loved other things more than you. Lord, give us strength to change. We believe in you. We ask you to be faithful to your promises, to work in our hearts and minds, change us and transform us into a people that bring you glory. Lead us, we pray, for your honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.